Hello, and welcome back to Howl, the podcast. My name is Cheyenne Lynn, and I'm the creator, co-writer, and co-director, and also your host for this evening. As we dive back into the story with episode three, The Prize for Being Right, written by my cohort, Shannon Farrell, and directed by yours truly, let's get you caught up. Welcome to Talbot University. You're gonna love it here. Hey, Kenny. Hey, bros. The DOA is hosting this party for the new students, and I have to be there. Why don't you come this time? You're not gonna stick me in a corner like last time, are you? And I'm not going anywhere. I promise. Ah! Ah! Kenny, help me! This is all my fault. Happy moving day, I guess. Who the heck is this now? I'm Cordelia. Cordy. To my friends. They're still out there! We have a pest control problem. Let's go hunting. Is it working? Hello? Hello? Testing. Testing. One, two, three. I mean, the red light's on, so... This is the Talbot Archway. It marks the edge of the grounds. It's the first monument ever created here. When the Talbot University was being built, Gwen Talbot erected this arch herself. Walking under it symbolizes the beginnings of your new life at the university. It's how Gwen watches over her students. Another supposed legend says this arch is the place where Artemis blessed Orion with the mark of the hunter. Vows made here must be kept at all costs, or else. Sorry about that, where was I? Uh, I said the thing about keeping a vow or else. <laughs> at least that's the belief of your Delta. An interesting fact about Talbot, the school does stand on consecrated ground, and this archway marks safety and security. For a while, Talbot was a private school for the founders and other important families. Their names are inscribed into stone, along with blessings from other prominent members throughout the ages. These names include Van Helsing, Constantine, and Blackmore. Tutti sub fornis omnis viatoris, or protected by all who pass beneath the arch. It's been a day since Cordy's arrival, and let's just say my new roommate seems less than compatible. She leaves at all hours of the night, flagrantly disregards any type of organizational system, and she snores like a semi-truck. Kinney sits at her desk and rubs her tired eyes. She has a stack of back-issue newspapers and notes surrounding her. (sighs) Oh, I have extreme FOMO when it comes to shady sides of campus life. I'm a usual source for gossip and shenanigans, the Talbot Tarantula has something tray fishy in this week's archives. <clears throat> she flips through the current issue. Its cover dons a large headline that reads, 
Talbot celebrates upcoming solstice with a lunar eclipse. Like any great newspaper, the tarantula knows all. They have coverage everywhere, but not everything makes it to print. You know, I'd be afraid to pick my nose in public and fear it would end up on their front page if I were more interesting. <laughs> Ugh, where's the thingy? Where is the... Aha! Kinney finds a photo, now folded up in odd places from being handled by anxious hands. Look what didn't make the final cut from last year's issue. Kinney holds up a clipping of a crash car from a newspaper with the headline, Talbot's student missing after car crash. Foul play suspected. A picture of a woman sits under the headline. Her head is thrown back as she laughs. Her dark hair falls perfectly on her shoulders. She's wearing a Talbot field hockey sweater. A photo of the wrecked car sits under the woman's. The metal down the side is twisted and mangled, like something clawed at it. Kinney puts a finger on the name beneath the headshot. Natalie Derrick. She died in an accident on the solstice last year. The story was that during the eclipse, some guy got distracted and ran her off the rope, but that doesn't make sense with any of the things that I'm seeing on the side of Natalie's car. And with what happened to Rose, these cases may not be unrelated. Both Rose and Nat are DOA members. Nat was president before Krista, and Rose was VP. The biggest connection? My least favorite Delta. Houston Derricks. Um, hello? Get up. We're looking for Rose. You want me to? I mean, you didn't find- Looking around the room, Houston takes in the space. Something's off here. She can feel it. The items on what should be Rose's bed catch her eye. Some jewelry sits in a pile on top of some magazines. Her birthmark flares and she fiddles with her silver ring with the Derek's insignia. My shoulder. Uh, hi. Yes. Uh, hello? <laughs> you remember me over here? Uh-huh. Kind of threw off my groove, so do you need my help or what? Look, I know you and I aren't exactly anything to each other, but I've been doing some digging, and I think you'll agree with me that something's super off at Talbot U. Houston notices the newspaper displaying Natalie's wrecked car. The scratch marks on the side of the vehicle burnt a hole in her memory. What the hell is this? It's research. Are you even listening? No. What the hell are you up to? No, what are you up to? I keep dreaming about that trail of blood and Rose screaming. Then I find out something like this has already happened. And you, you didn't even weren't say there, anything? Kenny. I'm the one that looked for Nat, and I'm the one that went after Rose. You sat there, squirming on the ground like a coward. Fine. I'm a coward. But this coward managed to dig up an article that no one was ever supposed to see. I have value, Houston, even if you don't like me. Kenny, listen to me. Nat is dead. Rose is gone. End of story. Houston, I want to help. Where are you going? As if you give a damn.
So I've started locking my door in fear my research will once again be infiltrated by a towering Amazonian meanie. Ugh. How could Houston look at all the evidence piling up and just think, oh, my sister, totally normal death. My friend Rose, dragged into the woods, bloody and screaming. That's fine. Not like I went all Thor and flung an axe at a shadow creature. Oh wait, I totally did. Am I the only somewhat sane person left on this campus? <sighs> Speak of the devil and she'll call you. <clears throat> Houston? Meet me under the archway. Now. That could have been a text. The archway. Oh, sweet Susan. Cordelia Blacktail enters through the window, wearing workout clothes. She's sweaty and out of breath. <sighs> ah, my arm. Her room, Cordy follows Houston's scent. What is that smell? Deltas. Picking up Kinney's scent, Cordy notices something is off. There's fear in the air. <sighs> what are you up to, rabbit? Hello? Bridge, I'm sending you some photos. My roommate... Well, she... She's cute, but... She's a sheep among wolves. Kinney arrives under the arch, tries to look like she knows exactly why she's here. <laughs> you know, if you were uh, going for ominous here, you nailed it. <laughs> Shut up. Listen close and listen good. I know you think you're doing what's right. What happened to Rose and Nat is awful. I can't take that away. But you're getting close to endangering yourself, and I won't allow it. Do you understand? Why is it so bad I want to find my friends? Why is this a problem? Kenny, I am asking you to stop. You know something. Oh, I know you do. Nat was your sister. Rose is your friend. What are you so afraid of? This is when Kenny knew she done fucked up. I am not afraid. They were both my family. What took them is going to pay. You know what took them. You have to tell me. It's all some big secret that you're hiding. And now you're going to tell me. That's the prize for being right, right? I get to know the truth. Go home, Kenny. Promise me you'll drop this and go home. Fine. I promise. Houston places a palm on the stone of the archway. It counts. She starts tracing over an engraved marking in the arch. Artemis, I swore fealty to you under this arch. On my mark, protect Rose. Protect me. Protect Kendall Monroe. That's all I ask of you.
so Houston, oh, Houston, this chick calls me up to meet her under the Delta's special arch, and then clams up all guarded, and, oh, you gotta stop, don't do it, bullshit! Oh, why should I? You know, I'm this freaking close to blowing this thing open wider than Mariana's Trench, and she wants me to stop because she said so? And she made me promise? Are we five? Uh, uh, I don't know who she thinks she is, or who she thinks she's dealing with, but Kendall Monroe does not back down. I'm gonna find Rose myself. As Kinney rants furiously, Cordy sneaks into the room through the window behind her. Enthused, she watches Kinney's rapid animation while pulling leaves and twigs out of her hair. <laughs> Kinney is too consumed by her own frustrations to notice Cordy is standing right behind her. She leans gingerly into Kinney's ear. So what happened? Holy fuck! Language Kindle, this is a family show. Thank you all for tuning in to Howl the Podcast. That was episode three, The Prize for Being Right, written by Shannon Farrell and my directorial debut. If you're new here, you can catch up on past episodes wherever you find podcasts. Also, links to all of our social media are in the description if you want to stay up to date. Our episode next week will be premiering on Saturday. Shannon and I will be talking with our chosen ones, Houston Derricks and Cordelia Blacktail, played by Kira and Kitsune. On, Dece- on the December 4th new moon, we're back at Talbot with Axes and Arrows. Another episode written by Shannon Farrell, which means I return as your humble host and director. While Rose shows us the library, Kenny connects the past with the present, Cordy misunderstands the situation, and Houston is sent on a recruitment mission. We look forward to seeing you there, and we can't wait to hear you howl.